You're listening to Damage Boost, the best gaming podcast you've ever heard, as long as you've never heard another gaming podcast. On the show, I'll be talking to other players, streamers, artists, and creators about what makes gaming more than a hobby, but a beautiful art and an activity that brings together communities around the world. Let's jump into it. Welcome to Damage Boost. Today I have Zach Peterson, aka Tweak, and we're here to talk about sim racing. But before we do that, there's been some tragic dark news, and I had to ask you about it. How do you feel about Dean's French onion dip being taken from store shelves slowly, and it will be gone in a few months? I'm actually really upset about this because um, it's like my favorite chip dip. It really is, actually. No. Now, you're not a fat guy, so do you think you are hurting as much as I am right now? Do, no, do you, definitely not. Definitely not? Okay. Because <laughs> I eat... Um, I used to think I... <laughs> this is really dumb. But I, I used to think that I was like allergic to something, like maybe some kind of gluten issue, because of Dean's French onion dick. Because I always get really sick. And then my friend pointed out, you eat the entire fucking canister of it when you eat it. <laughs> that's why Ooh, you're sick. Yeah, that's the problem. Like, yeah, there. That, that might like, make I, sense. I like it, but then I forget about it, and it gets pushed to the back, and then you know how it gets liquidy on the top, and then I'm yeah, just done with it. You can't it's eat over. it after that. Yeah. Done. Well, that's another thing. I mean, I, I, okay. It is because I'm fat. Why eat the whole thing? But I like to tell myself it's because when that like liquidy shit gets on the top of Dean's French onion dip. It, it, you can't go back. It's fucking nasty. Like I it, knowing yeah. that it was there, I can't even like dump that out or like clear the top. I was just layer. gonna say that. Yeah, it's 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 untouchable, completely. Yeah, I, like yeah, you know, it's 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 tainted. It's forever unclean, and you just can't go back. Who did you say is the cause of that? Oh, Walmart. Walmart. I think if I remember correctly, either bought a lot of the farmland around where the. Uh, where the Dean's company... I can't remember what the name of the actual company it's is. It's always but, Walmart. Yeah, it's always fucking Walmart. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Walmart. Right. And make me have to buy Ryan's toys and mystery eggs too. Sons of bitches. Uh, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Instead of being heartbroken, let's talk about something a little more uh, fun with sim racing. It's something that you've gotten into the last few years, correct? Actually, I've only been into it slightly over a year. I got my first wheel in December of 2018 as a uh, birthday present from my wife. Uh, I think she regrets it a little bit because I spend a lot of time using it. Um, but yeah, it's it just kind of turned into something where I was playing a few racing games with a controller and uh, one went on sale, a nice force feedback wheel went on sale on Amazon for like $200. We swooped in grabbed it and it just kind of turned into this own thing what was it always um for right now on um on twitch you do f1 it was always f1 even before you get the wheel or was that kind of like the best for simulation that you could get at the so time so i i played project cars i got that when it was on steam sale shout out to steam um and so I played that with controller, um, you know, just playing around. It's kind of a simulation game in of itself. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of always had an interest in those 
little racing games. Uh, before that, I played this really arcade game called Trackmania, and that's like this really kind of twitch reaction game. Kind of interesting you can look it up on steam it's a completely free game there's a really big racing community around it uh tons of tournaments and all that kind of fun stuff um but those kind of reactionary things translate into more of the simulation racing you know i racing and uh acc uh, which is a seta corsa uh, that's like gt2 gt3 porsche lamborghini racing and then the f1 style racing mono cockpit um so yeah it's it's just kind of been turned into its own thing some of those little keyboard twitch reactionary games turned into being able to you know maintain a wheel at f- full force feedback and make those little adjustments so i want to take a, a small step back um you mentioned before we started recording uh you call it simcade like a, a sim and an arcade kind of mix and it kind of got me thinking uh i'm a little bit older than you not too much and i remember going to arcades growing up um like, and the racing simulators was always a huge part of arcades, um, at least towards the end, like for kids or people around our age. And um, I loved, of course, like Cruising USA, stuff like that. But my favorite racing arcade game with the wheel and the pedals and the chair was Daytona, uh, Sega's Daytona Racing. Did you ever Dude, play that I had game? that. I had it. Oh, so good. It was. It was really good. With it was ahead the- of its time, too. Yes. Um, I remember watching some older guys play at the arcade and you could do the hit the brake and then the gas and you would like drift around um, Mm -hmm. the turns and shit. I'm like, I was like, you could do that. That seems like cheating. And then I would be doing that. And I I felt I felt badass doing that. I probably didn't look (laughs) badass, but I felt that way. That's the feeling you get. I mean, some of those early games really encapsulated the, the simulation that they could prevent or present to people, you know, just with what they were limited to. And, and with the kind of resurgence of kind of like bar, barcades and all that, um, Dave and Buster's and uh, around where I live, round one is the biggest one. And they have Daytona racing again, which is, it's awesome. And now I take my kids and I could kick their ass at Daytona racing because they can't really reach the pedals, <laughs> but I get that feeling of dominance, but it's really cool to see it kind of coming back. And, uh, you know, obviously it's not to the simulation degree of what you're doing, but it's, it's still pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, Simcade is, is really what you throw at a, a game where it's not a, a 100% simulation. And I would say the closest thing that you can get to a 100% simulation is the iRacing game, but that it has like a monthly subscription. Um, that's actually a platform I don't touch yet, yet. Um, but then when you when you go to F1, F1's more actually on the arcade side of the Simcade spectrum. There's, you know, uh, if you're playing single player, there's flashbacks. Um, you can heavily skew stats uh, of your drivers and teams and do like, you know, extra stuff that isn't, you know, strictly to a simulation standard. Right. And so with that being said on the the F1 part, um, you're currently on F1 2019, correct? Yes, I am. Which uh, I believe the one that's on uh, Xbox Game Pass is, is either 2018 or 2017. I can't remember how many years it's behind. And I actually picked it up and had been playing it with a buddy of mine, and it was super fun. And as I was doing research for this interview, I saw that, like, and you had mentioned too that some guys who actually race f1 cars use it as like a 
what you call it training or just kind of like getting used to tracks or uh, no, they use it for to... full training. Um, I mean, obviously all these big professional teams have, you know, their own in-house simulator too, but these, these professional F1 racers, you know, they use the game itself. You can go, you know, look up YouTube videos of them doing, you know, talking about how to shift through these, you know, sectors and, you know, whatever track they're running, but it's, it's the game you can go buy on steam and they're just using, you know, a much higher quality screen of an incredibly powered computer and you know, like a $2,000 wheel and pedal set up, you know, nothing that something like you or I would actually go out and buy. So was it a, a chicken or egg situation? Was the game actually so well done that these guys started using it? Or do you know if the game was kind of aiming for that kind of reception from people within the F1 community? I, I think that it's kind of a new thing that the drivers have been very open about using the game because I, I don't recall over the past few years them doing it. It's been kind of something that really last year happened. Um, but, I mean, these professional drivers, they, they stream on Twitch themselves. You can go watch an F1 driver, you know, go on a public lobby in iRacing and he's you know, just out there racing with everybody else. Or, you know, they do it in F1 2019 also. Uh, so it's it's really kind of interesting that these guys are just, you know, running PCs in their homes, training, you know, sitting there doing lap after lap after lap. They'll do it for, you know, hours on end, you know, where I'll only do it for like an hour. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very interesting transition that simulation racing that you can do at your house is the same thing that, the professionals the big time guys are doing which seems crazy to me i guess anytime i've tried to play online too i feel like as soon as the race starts everyone's just wrecking the shit out of each other oh, and yeah. i know you're you're in um leagues so is there i would assume they follow more actual race etiquette where it's you kind of have to it's like actual lives are on the line and not in the way like everyone's taking the it's super seriously but as in you want to respect it so it's actually kind of a race and, and more like a, it's like a gentleman's game almost in that way, it, isn't it? It very much is. And in fact, uh, the league that I race in, we actually have marshals that from other leagues that come in and watch our races to, you know, monitor, you know, is certain incidents. And if there's incidents, they determine who's at fault. And if there needs to be, you know, after race penalties, getting talked to um, points against your license in the league, uh, you know, it's, it's this whole thing. Uh, in and of itself the the nicer thing about doing it this way versus you know like in real life is if you do wreck there's no real risk and we can push a little harder so the racing gets a little bit more interesting at times people take you know just a little bit more of that risk because you know there's there's no real life risk on the other side so something you said i found really interesting uh with the marshals thing you said points on your on your license within the league like so how did you find these leagues and can you kind of explain and the thing with the license, like how you learn the etiquette and um, how is the community really good about teaching uh, new drivers these things, or is it something you just have to learn as you do it? So if you get into a pretty good league or a good community, uh, etiquette's something that can easily be taught. Um, you know, there are certain race incidents can be taught, uh, but you're expected to know, you know, certain levels of things like don't rear end people, don't intentionally wreck them, don't pit them. Uh, people will help you tune, you know, your attitude and your etiquette and your um, how aggressive you are and your driving to where it needs to be to be somewhat realistic to where you're not, you know, giving people penalties for your actions. 
Um, but I mean, the league, the leagues that I'm in, they have their own point systems that we keep track of on its on itself. Uh, all the license points are kept on itself. It's not actually tracked within the game. Do you guys have um, like your own website or anything like that, where if people kind of get caught up, or you have fans that watch, or even family members, just to kind of understand how it works and see where you know maybe you or other racers are to kind of get a feel for your guys's league yeah they i mean uh all of our stats are posted on the uh league's website the league that i race in is octane online racing so it's oor is the abbreviation um they have multiple leagues there's like 350 ish people in the f1 league across three different continents so i think that we have a north america a uh, Australian and Asian group, and then a European group. Uh, so it's 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 a pretty diverse group of guys. Uh, but yeah, we they stream all the races across all the different games. Uh, they have commentators, so people can you know just tune in, watch you know this good quality racing. Um, you you asked me how I got into it though. Uh, I just happened to be racing online, and I had worked my way up the tiers. Uh, to where I was out of that crap tier where everybody wrecks you. And yeah. I just got messaged one day by one of the guys that raced in this league. And he was, he was one of the faster guys, actually. He's like, Hey, you know, you, you're pretty good with your consistency. You do you want to come see if you want to do this with us? And it kind of just turned into this thing that I, now I'm racing almost weekly. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so when you do start out though, it is like, um, <laughs> like it is for us normies, I guess, where everyone's just kind of an asshole and wrecking the shit out of you then? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the, the game in and of itself has a terrible ranked and online system. So until you get to, like, the master class with an A safety rating, you're just you're out of luck. But the downside to that is there's more people in the shit tier. So, like, when I queue up, when I get home from work, there's nobody for me to queue with because most of the people I would queue with are going to be in Europe. Oh, gotcha. So, so I'll, I'll go. It'll put me in a lobby by myself and won't actually ever start the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a that's a bummer. So, what, yeah. what's the time difference like? When do you have to be? Is it a real inconvenient time for you to play race the so European guys? The time that I try to play online is usually Saturday mornings, because uh, that's nighttime for Europe. So that's usually the best time. That's when you know they're winding down for the day. That's when I'm waking up wife works on saturdays so it's full day of racing for me awesome and i know uh you sent me pictures you have a pretty sweet setup i mean you're not dropping the the 1200 or 12,000 i i I saw online when i was researching how much the stuff cost but you got a a nice thing going for you like you said you got it uh you started out with your stuff as a gift and uh you you talk a little bit about your setup yeah, so I, I'm actually running uh, a Logitech G29, which is one of the cheapest force feedback wheels you can get. I actually highly recommend it. Uh, I think right now it's $250 on Amazon. It goes down to $199, which is what I got it at. Um, it's it's fantastic. I've used and abused this thing for, like I said, over a year. Uh, I've actually started modding mine, which that means I'm taking apart the inside of like the pedals and everything and swapping in new springs, new sealants, uh, you know, just adjusting the, the fasteners and all that kind of fun stuff to make it more realistic with like the brake and the gas. Uh, and all that stuff's very cheap and there's a big community. There's guys that 3D print brand new uh, steering wheels for these things. So you can get like a, a Porsche steering wheel or you can get one that has like the top and bottom cut off. So it looks like a square, you know, F1 style 
uh, steering wheel. Uh, it, it's great as an entry-level wheel. Um, I, I highly recommend it. <laughs> and so modding, modding equipment isn't what people would consider like illegal or no, not at you all. Know, a little bit on the shady side. Can you explain no. why? Uh, because it's sometimes the manufacturers get things wrong. Uh, the springs in the G29 wheels. So when you push down the pedal, there's, there's a spring on the inside that gives it tension. It's very, very loose. So it's very easy to push down. So it's very easy to go from zero to a hundred on your accelerator, which is very bad when your car revs to, you know, nine, 10, 11,000 RPM and puts, you know, a hundred thousand horsepower down to the wheels so basically it's a recipe for spinning into the wall every time you try and hit the gas so by putting a a denser or a a spring that has a lot more tension in it you have to put a lot more force down to go you know from the rest rest spot to 100 percent on the gas so you can find those in-betweens and kind of flutter it you have a lot more resistance so none of that stuff's really frowned upon nobody uh it's not like it's a software hack or anything um it's the equivalent of you know, having this $200 force feedback steering wheel versus a $2,000, $3,000 Fantech that, you know, has force feedback pedals, not just springs. It has, you know, a drivetrain in the, the steering wheel for force feedback and not just a belt-driven one. So another thing with that, since it's a – you guys are going for as, you know, realistic as possible, I would assume you guys are always required to be in the – uh, at least when I watch your your Twitch streams too, you're required to be in the driver's seat view at all times, correct? Uh, there's two driver. There's two cameras we're allowed. There's the uh, the point of view camera of the driver, and then there's one that's slightly above it. Uh, that's above the halo, the the little protective thing that goes over their head. Uh, those are the two camera point of views that are allowed. Why is the uh, second one allowed? Since it's you know we could maybe consider it not like realistic. It's pretty close to first person. Um, on the perf- on the actual professional side of the F1 scene, that's what they allow. So it makes sense okay. that, you know, if, if it's the eSports team that Ferrari runs in the official league and they allow that, then, you know, we're going to follow their suit. Makes sense. So another thing we, we had talked about uh, off-air when we were discussing during this episode is you were hoping to get this to transition to maybe a real car, car one day. And the few questions I have for that is, uh, one, is that something that's somewhat common? And two, why would you want to drive a rocket that has wheels? <laughs> Those things, like, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not super knowledgeable when it comes to racing. I know, I know, unfortunately, because I grew up in a southern, central to southern Illinois, I know enough about NASCAR to know, like, it's whatever. But F1, that that's a fucking rocket. And, like, yeah you could literally drive in off at and just die it's the, you don't have anything to predict your head it's terrifying like the stuff I mean, the you whole, sent me to watch it's aspect of it scary. is just crazy yeah. uh yeah you're I not mean, turning left the whole time what the hell <laughs> so it's it's funny because they are legitimately rockets they're they're designed you know by people that do aerodynamics for fighter jets they yeah, they're I wasn't doing a, a bit. They're basically, they're, rockets. A, they're basically an airplane upside down. Uh, it, it's the exact opposite so of lift. They're, they're using so much downforce that they're basically suctioned to the ground. I, I remember a story this year, actually. Um, 
halfway through the F1 calendar of 2019 that Honda had a, uh, an issue with the Red Bull team and they had to call in the guys that actually work on the fighter jets to work on some, I, I don't remember specifically what the problem was, but they, to call in the guys that work on fighter jets to work on your race car is kind of nuts. Gar. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how, how realistic is it to possibly get to a car for a uh, sim racer? Uh, quite a few people have actually made that leap. There's been some good success in it too. People that went from never racing, you know, in real life, spending thousands of hours on a simulator, then spending a little bit of time in a car and being right up to speed, literally at the front of the pack with people. Um, I mean, you can you can tell if you go to some of the karting places that are a little bit more competitive. A lot of those guys do sim racing in their own time because it's it's all about knowing where your brake points are, hitting the gas at the apex, uh, knowing your race craft, how aggressive you're going to be, looking for those openings, forcing people to you know give you those openings. Uh, so a lot of that stuff that you're making those split second decisions, looking at a screen, it, it transitions extremely quickly to real life. Now, is it going to be harder for you being stateside to make that transition than it would be for someone who's already in Europe? And I would have a massive age disadvantage. I mean, uh, well, I will never get to F1. Let's just make that very, very (laughs) clear. Uh, But most of those guys are winding down their careers around their mid to early 30s. Uh, I think what Kimi Raikkonen is around 40-ish, but he's he's at the back of the pack and he's put his time in at the front. He's won a world champion. He's just kind of doing it because he loves doing it. But most of the, I mean, the young guys are like sub 20. Literally, these guys are, are coming out of, you know, these leagues at 17 and jumping in these cars. So, I, and it, it's just time and place. You, you got to be, you know, doing it when the right people are watching you and you got to be good at it at the same time. Um, so again like if you were to get to drive one there's you're not feeling that fear of like i could literally be a ragdoll like in a in a video game if i if i do this wrong i mean if you do it completely wrong yeah the the safety in the cars nowadays i'm gonna say this knowing that we had at least one fatality in the f f1 um circle last year the the safety is much higher than it was years ago i mean there's there's clips of of some of the cars just tumbling and barreling and hitting walls at speeds that people shouldn't walk away from and they do uh the safety at that level from f1 is actually what trickles down into other cars um you know crumple zones positioning of certain parts uh it's it's kind of it's literally the pinnacle of all motorsports, which is why it's kind of captured my attention. Um, actually, it kind of hit me. You're talking about, uh, for us being, if we were to be in racing, would be on the older side, winding down careers, which by the way, that made me feel really fucking old and depressed. I know. So thank you for dude. that. <laughs> I, I literally like am afraid of sneezing now because it makes my back hurt so much and it's really upsetting. But that's not so, that's not why you called. Um, <laughs> you're talking about that the age, the whole age thing with racing. Um, it, why is it with that that with F1? Because you know, again, pretty much all my racing knowledge is fat redneck NASCAR driving. You know, a lot of those guys are overweight and old, or they used to be. <laughs> it's probably not as much now. I, I don't really pay attention. But I remember growing up, like guys like my the favorite my favorite name of all time, Dick Trickle. I think he was racing into his 60s. Um, you know, like Dale Arnott was pretty 
he was older. I think he was in his fifties when he was still racing and all that. Why is the why is it so much? Why do you have to be so much in so much better shape? I guess, and I'm, I guess more on the top of the, your game in terms of reflexes than you do for uh, NASCAR. Yeah, so, I mean, you kind of answered it at the end. Your reflexes definitely start slowing down when you get to your mid-30s. Um, the, the other thing Don't that... that. <laughs> the other thing that... Is, look at the F1 2020 calendar. I mean, it's 22 races. Every race is in a different country. Almost every race between weekends is in a different continent and time zone. So you got to think about how much of your life you're giving away. You can't... It, it's very hard to have a family... Uh, a driver last year uh, on the Mercedes team actually got divorced. And part of it was because of how much time you're just straight up away. Um, and, and I mean, think about how physical you have to be at all times. I mean, those guys are literally trained like fighter jets. Their reaction skills have to be precise down to the thousandth of a second. Uh, it, it's, it's a big, it's a life commitment basically to do something like this for six, seven, eight, nine years, however long you want to go. Uh, you can't go do something else. It's not like you can, you know, oh, I'm just going to go away for a month. No, your job is year-round. So I guess kind of bringing it back to the video game side of it, we talked a little bit about Twitch streaming with it. And for you, you said it's a lot harder to Twitch stream because people don't want to watch you, like, retry a corner and things like that. And also when you're racing, you can't, you, because you, you guys are racing like it's a real race. You can't look at chat and, and engage because you, if you made a mistake, you could get knocked, you know, out of a race. Yeah, if I if I make a big enough mistake, uh, it's basically I'm I'm walking away from the computer because my race is over. I'm I'm out. There's no restarts. There's no flashbacks. Uh, the damage you take, you know, touching a wall is the damage you have to deal with for the rest of the race. Uh, so, I mean, if you go back and watch some of my other races, you know, the damage gets taken and, you know, those little things, they, they add up very quickly sometimes. What, what things, uh, are more common that get damaged that affect you in a, in a typical race, just your average it's, race? It's the front wing, definitely, which is your main source of downforce because that's what's directing all the air as you're cutting, you know, through going at, 150 200 miles an hour so if you know your front wing is gone you've got nothing that's forcing the front of the car down so you've got when you hit that brake you've got nothing aerodynamically that's helping you slow down so you turn into that corner you've got none of your downforce to turn in and lean so the controlling the car just becomes a nightmare it doesn't want to turn it doesn't want to slow down it's like what am i doing out here and at that point you're gonna have to pit and give up 25 30 seconds right there in the pits not including the time it takes to get to the pits from wherever you are so with that too um something i i've always been kind of fascinated with that i don't quite understand is uh how to understand when you need to change tires and for and the simulations i remember just be like oh my tires are red i'm fucking fine and then having cars blow by me and stuff is that something that in order to get to the the higher tiers of these of these leagues, you had to learn, or is that something you kind of knew co going into it? I, I understood the tires a little bit going into it. Uh, the tires are just rated by the tire manufacturer for X amount of laps or X distance, so you can kind of plan it out a little bit. What kind of threw me for a loop is how much you have to set up the cars. Uh, I think that there's something like 40 different variables 
uh, in every setup. And so of the 19 races we do a year, I have to have 19 different setups. In fact, I should have double that because you should have a dry setup and a wet setup just in case. So, so it's more than just tires. When people blow by you, it's because you could be running, you know, a certain tire pressure and a certain, uh, you know, downforce. Your wings could be at certain heights and they've got it, you know, precisely tuned in for what it needs to be on that track. And they, that is an automatic advantage. Is there like a reference you got, you guys use for each track and like you said, weather, whether it's wet or dry, or is that just something it's just, or is it just math? In which case I would be fucked. It's actually the games has it set to dynamic. Um, so it's, it's pretty smart about it. Uh, typical places that get rain, it has a higher chance to rain like Canada or France or Brazil places that it's never, ever going to rain. Like, you know, Abu Dhabi and Bahrain and Azerbaijan, you know, you, you'll never have a rain race there. It's pretty much guaranteed. I don't even have a wet setup for either of those three tracks actually. So, but so there, like you said, it, they have it kind of set to how it would be. What if, you know, on one of those tracks, it does rain. Do you, do you get time uh, before the race to adjust? Or are you just kind of screwed? Uh, you're expected to come in completely prepared. So uh, we get, in our regular F1 season, we get like 30 minutes of qualifying. Uh, you can use the first part of that before you actually drive out to make a setup. So people could use, you know, 10 minutes to quickly Google search or look up somebody else's setup, grab one from the Steam community, and hope that it works well because <laughs> they've never tested it. So it, it's kind of, that's a risk you take if you don't come in with all your setups ready. So um, before we kind of wrap up this, which is honestly, I think we could probably do about two hours of this because it's insanely fascinating, especially <laughs> the technical part of this stuff. I never thought it would be as interesting as it actually is. So I'm really excited we did this. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered about uh this that you would want people to know or just something you find interesting sim racing is cheaper than building a race car hands down <laughs> but i think i sent much? you uh, oh a lot i think i sent you there's a, a really good um meme where it's t-pain he just posted it to his uh his instagram where he's building his sim racing setup and it says at the bottom it's like this is cheaper than buying tires over and over again and it's just like it's it's that's true i mean the other part is, is if you make a mistake in sim racing, you don't have to go and repair your car or spend money to repair your car. You just back out and restart. Deductible. <laughs> yeah. So I, a lot of the, you know, racing or not racing, some of the car communities have really started to migrate to sim racing. I mean, obviously people still modify their cars, but for a lesser investment, you can, you know, get a lot, you can get a lot of seat time, a lot of time actually doing something and you get a good adrenaline rush from it. All right. I guess before we, before we actually wrap it up, um, let's do our top five racing games and you can be out of the box with this. They don't have to be sim racing. Oh, I'll let man. you go first. Give me your top five. They don't have to be in a particular five. order. Just your five group of five mario double dash for sure or yeah mario kart double dash for sure mario kart 64 um oh uh, well f1 uh, 2019 track mania that's four uh i'm thinking of one on uh, snes but i'm just drawing a blank uh i'm gonna look it up 
it's not it's the one where they're with ray ships i don't know why i'm drawing such a big blank with it i got nothing for you on that one <laughs> I, don't, I didn't play a lot of i did play a lot of racing other than uh shit i can't really think of any racing games i played on uh snes oh man it's gonna Just drive me the wall Kart. if i don't uh grab it F- f-zero f-zero F- okay f-zero was fantastic oh, i remember playing that as a kid for hours Still, they a lot of people are still waiting for a new one. Uh, <laughs> really, they haven't made yeah. a new one <laughs> for a while. Not for a while. I, I can't. I want to say GameCube, but I could be wrong. Uh, for me, uh, to, uh, NASCAR 2001 on the PlayStation, there was a code you could put in where you shot paintballs out of the front of your car. Really? And it would wreck. And, and they, I don't know if they're actually paintballs, but they were just whatever like was the main color of the car you were driving, it would shoot that color out. And it would just, as soon as it would hit, they would hit people, they would spin out. And it oh, was man. awesome. And my uh, uncle always made me do like the ridiculous, like at least 50 laps per race one. So that, like, that was my way of like making sure that I didn't get fucked out of my position by the end because <laughs> I would have everyone wrecked with that. I would also go Diddy Kong Racing. I oh, I forgot about that Kart. one. Oh, my oh, yeah, gosh. It's good shit. That uh, is. And, you know, we talked about doing another episode. We might have to cover Diddy Kong Racing for a whole episode. That game is unfucking believable uh, Yeah, we, we could do one, uh, I mean, just full arcade one. Just go back through the ages of racing games. Oh, hell yeah. I, I'd be up for that. So I definitely, uh, especially with round one coming back, I've got to experience a lot of games I forgot about. Cruising USA, obviously. Mm. Um I played it probably more on the 64 than arcade. Rush, the Rush series was really good, underrated. Like uh, very. Rush 2049 actually was a really underrated game, especially with the uh, the stunt tracks and you have the little wings that popped out where you could make your car do ex- the extra stunts and shit. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, that game was incredibly underrated. I remember a lot of people said that Cruising USA was better than it, and I'm like, mm, back up, Cruising- no. <laughs> I love the cruising series, but they really weren't that great. They had a formula, you know. You had a car, oh, the tracks were kind of crazy, um, and it worked. The formula worked for every game that I played of those. But Rush, like, tried new shit, and I don't like the cards. The car, I remember the cars definitely felt like they had weight to them, especially in Rush 2049. Mm-hmm. There was a, I don't know, it felt like you had more control. I think I need one more. I, you know, I'll, I'll go with Mario, uh, Mario Kart deluxe for the switch uh, on a technical point it's probably the best of all the mario karts um, i've only played it once and i will probably concur it's really good yeah it's so i mean double dash is probably the most fun because there's a lot more i don't know there's baby park original baby park double dash is like it's pinnacle mario kart it was fucking amazing i love baby park I didn't play them. I I have no reference to that because I haven't played all the tracks yet. So, oh man, I have used so much of my life with like, especially Mario Kart. It's kind of why I have a show like this is to talk about that stuff. <laughs> um, so before we go, anything you want to plug? Uh, your league, your Twitch, anything like that? Uh, so I don't Twitch too much other than our races. My Twitch is Tweak Demon T W E A K one seven E M O N. I also race in the Octane Online Racing F1 series. Uh, you can check them out on OctaneOnlineRacing.com. Uh, and we have Discords, uh, and I can get you links to all that stuff too. Uh, yeah, if anybody we'll, wants to come we'll you know, race with us, we welcome anybody. Awesome. And for me, 
just uh, I will be streaming Dead by Daylight on Friday nights at Damage Boost Podcast at Twitch and Sunday nights. And we will actually, this Friday we're going to do a little bit of Dead by Daylight and we're going to hop back into PUBG for a little bit, uh, Moser Malone and I. So look out for that and new episodes every Friday. So Cool stuff. Yeah, I got one more thing. I forgot to mention our first race. We're uh, doing F2, Formula 2, for a uh, mini-series. And our first race will be, uh, I believe it's the first weekend of February, February 2nd at 8 Eastern. Is it a.m. or uh, p.m.? P.m. P.m. Sorry, I should have specified that. <laughs> so I remember we were talking about the time zone thing. I'm like, oh, no, we better make sure we get the right one. Yeah, yep. All right, awesome, man. Uh, Zach, it's been great. I haven't talked to you in a long time. This was awesome, man. We should do yeah, it again. Yeah, it's good catching up with you, man. All right, everybody. Be good people. Be good people.